Shavua Tov and Boker Tov, and the, the room is so full of light, literally, of praising light. <laughs> and uh, it should be, this is like, tell me something, Daniel, remind me something. The fir- your first girl, Sarah, you brought to this year also around this age, right? Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's amazing. Um, this is just such a... It's uh, mitzapim. We're, we're learning the sugi of mitzapim, mitzapim. And then what we're mitzapim for is in, our, in front of our faces. It's, a, it's an incredible thing. So what a schut. Mamash. She should be surrounded by the light of, of herself <laughs> and the light of Torah and the light of giving thanks to Hashem. Kol yamei chaya bezrat Hashem. Okay, so the sponsorships, Baruch Hashem, for the month of Shvat by Joni and Moshe, Moshe Pollock, in memory of Shimon ben Moshe, Tzvi ben Mordechai, Shirach Mabas, Harav Alter Nasenata. And um, this week is sponsored in memory by, by um, Miriam and Avram Deutsch, memory of Menachem ben Shmuel, Eliezer Veliba Feldman, Miriam's Abban is ninth Yurtzeit. Marilyn and Josh Adler, in memory of Marilyn's mother, Shifra Tzivia Bas Avram Yaakov HaKoyen, Esther Hensha, and for the Rufur Shlema of Marilyn's Abba, Meshulam Zisha Ben Sara, and Esther and Shimon Golovensitz, for the Rufur Shlema, Vesti's brother, Mordechai Tzvi Ben? Fradol. Fradol. Okay, got to add a lamed here. Fradol. Okay, everybody. Oh, feel bad. One second. I'm going to bring some... Okay. Okay. Let's pass these around. We have a really, we have a very, uh, how do you say, a very uh, clarifying shear today. A very clarifying shear today. A very, a very important shear, but a shear that will will. Um, I would say close the circle or open the ba. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but take the stuff that we've been learning for the last few weeks about that question that we're going to be asked about Sipita Li Yeshua and bring it down to our, bring it down to our level. <clears throat> and we haven't really learned any of the Torahs from the Rav that we're going to be learning from today. Not that I could remember. But here I saw that he addresses what we've been speaking about in, a, in his manner of Shlomo Aviner, who's one of the big rabbis here in Eretz Yisrael for many years, one of the great disciples of Rav Tzvi Yehuda Cohen Kuk, Rav Kuk's son, and one of, the, one of the leading teachers in the world of Rav Kuk's Torah. And uh, we have, we're going to we'll try to spice it up our way that we do it, but because sometimes the language can sound very dry. I'm just, you know, everyone knows, there's no chiddush what I'm saying. But when it comes to this question of Tzipita Li Shua, I think that this is going to help us on a Lamaisa level know this. You have to, we, have, we have to remind ourselves of something that we learned a long time ago. It's something Reb Zalman used to say. Emuna is not a noun, it's a verb. It's one of the most important teachings I've ever heard in my life. It's, it's one of the most crucial teachings I think I've ever heard in my life. Emuna is not a noun, it's not I have faith or I don't have faith. The shaila is, am I faithing or am I not faithing right now? Faithing. Emuna is a verb. Emuna is a verb. Emuna is a verb. There's not enough times I could repeat that. Now this will help us understand now the question, did you, did you anticipate the geula or not? It's not going to be this question that when we get to Shemayim, they're going to say this, tell me, was your button on or was your button turned off? Was this a button that you at a certain point turned on and then you, uh, it was off? This is something that's going to open up our, our way of understanding this question in a much more deeper, pnimi manner. Let's see how Rav Aviner answers this question, but keep in mind what I just said right now regarding the, verbing, the verbal aspect of the concept of emunah. And I think that when we give this over to our children, they will have uh, a much more approachable uh, uh, direction, an approachable relationship to, to their world of emuna as well. Because I think that a, a child, a child, at a teenager, maybe they'd start asking questions. Do I believe or don't I believe? Like, is my button turned on or am I in that machane or am I not in that machane? Right? No, it's, that's, that's, not, that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how this works. This works much differently. So, Tzipita Lishua, here we go. Be'yom hadin, 
אדם נשאל כמה שאלות. Like we learned, we will, we will be asked a few questions when we get up there. <coughs> like the Gemara tells us in Masechet Shabbat, did you anticipate the salvation of the world, the Geula? What is so great about anticipating redemption? There are much heavier questions over here. There's much, there are much more heavier shilas, like what? One of the questions they're going to ask us, Nasata venatata be'emuna, that means, Hayita yashar ba'asakim, where you, did you conduct your business with, with emes, like with honesty? That's a pretty, that's a loaded question. That's a heavier question. Or, Kavata itim la Torah, did you, were you busy having fixed times of learning Torah, which would take a lot more activity from you? Of course, the other shayla, asakta, bepiria, revia, talk about in, in a time, like how much time we put into this. Were you busy becoming fruitful and multiplying? Were you busy raising a family? Were you busy making Am Yisrael be more beautiful, more bigger? These are, these are things that need, they really, they, 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 in order to answer them properly, they need an, a, a tremendously great amount of time and investment. Isn't there, is there any person in the world that wouldn't, you know, isn't interested in a Yeshua, in some kind of a, a, a redemption, a salvation that will solve all of his difficult problems? Now this is what I wanted to get to. Where does it say in the Torah that I have to be <coughs> someone that is anticipating the Geula? What mitzvah is that? I know there's mitzvahs regarding bringing a family into the world. I know there's mitzvah regarding conducting yourself honestly in business. But this, where is there a mitzvah that says I have to be mitzapeh Yeshua? I know in our hearts we're like, oh no, it's a given, okay, but we don't act like that. We act based on what the Torah tells us, nachon? Yosher ba'asakim, limut Torah, piryah reviyah, hem mitzvot mefurashot. Those are clearly stated mitzvahs. Learning, family, honesty, and business, these things are clearly stated. However, But it's, we don't see this when it comes to anticipating salvation. That's Baal Sefer Mitzvot Katan. Just to give you a little bit of a context here. You usually will see his name as the Rashi Tevot of Smak, Samech Mem Kuf, as opposed to Smag, Samech Mem Gimel. And those are two different books that listed the mitzvot in the Torah. We have a few Svarim like this. The Rambam has a, has a, has a mitzvah, in a minyan, of the mitzvot of the Torah as well. Um, and that is Svarim that have taken each mitzvah according to where they understand what the 613 mitzvot are. And one of them is called Sefer Mitzvot HaKatan, and that's who he's referring to over here. So he says, this question, where is there a mitzvah to believe in the Geula? Where is there a mitzvah, not just to believe in the Geula, sorry, to anticipate the salvation of the world? Where is there a mitzvah? He says, This is gonna, Remember what I said before, faith is a verb. Emunah is a verb. He says over here that this concept of anticipating the Geula is included in the mitzvah of Anoch Yashem Olakecha. What mitzvah is that? We're, we're, huh? That's the beginning. That's the headquarters. It's the beginning. We're going to be reading it in three Shabbatot. Anoch Yashem Olakecha It's the beginning of Har Sinai. The beginning of the of the connection, the beginning of Hashem telling us, "This is what I really, really want from you, for you." Right? Hashem begins off by saying, "This is what I really want for you." He's saying over here that the mitzvah of anticipating the geula is actually brought down in the first time God spoke to us as a people, and we're going to develop this. This is part of our emuna in Hashem, meaning believing in God means tzipiti li Yeshua. This is very important. Believing in God. Someone asks you, are you a believer or not? 
when you answer that you believe in Hashem, what you're actually saying is, of course I believe in Hashem, which means, Ani That question we're going to be asked, Tzipita Yeshua is code name for, did you believe in God? Basically. Isn't like the 12th principle of faith also the, the belief in the Mashiach and the belief in the Mashiach? One of them is, yeah. The 12th one. Oh, the 12th, oh, the 12th the one. 12th yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but the, that, those are 13 principles of faith. Here we're, here we're going about the list. No, 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 no. Here we're going through, he's just going through the list of the mitzvahs here. So look how, he's, how he develops this. Anu ma'aminim ba'ashem. Ach me'ever lazeh, more than just believing in God, yesh ladat miyu otori bono shel olam bo anu ma'aminim. Who is this master of the world that we believe in? Tov lakol? Good to everyone? Rachma v'alkol ma'asav? His rachmim is on all his creations? You could take someone who calls himself a believer, but he calls himself, Rabbi refers to him as a kofer, as a heretic, and he says, no, I believe in God. Which God? Nature. Elohim. Chalila. But the gematria of Elohim, Hateva, right? No, I believe that God exists, but I believe the way that God exists is just nature. What it is, you know, it's not, nothing to do with the way that you may be giving me all these tairas on Tov Hashem Lakol, Rachma Valkol Ma'asav, Hashem Yisbarach is inside in every single detail, v'chuleh, v'chuleh. And that person considers himself to be a believer in Hashem. He's going to have a hard time answering the question, Tzipita Yeshua. This person's going to have a hard time answering the question, did you anticipate the Geula? And this is what we're going to understand, hopefully. Ha'agdara mofia ba'imshech. You see the paragraph, the third paragraph, kind of like the third or fourth paragraph. Ha'agdara mofia ba'imshech. So the definition of anochi of this mitzvah comes later. Did you say nature is not eternal because it just exists in the physical world, and that's why that is not the answer? Well, the the reason why I'm so happy we're doing this today is because we're in the parshias that could answer this question. What happened in the what what's going on in these parshiot with nature? Huh? Completely ma'ala teva, right? Yeah, from the water up. We're we're actually going to teva, and Hashem is saying, "You you just believe in me as the God of the teva. How are you going to deal with this? How are you going to deal with?" <coughs> in two weeks, Parashat b'shalach, the splitting of the seas, the tomeret. So, this is exactly, I think, very good what you're bringing up. It's it's calling it out and saying teva is such a relative term. What, what, man's nature or God's nature? What's God's nature? Eternal. It's not limited. It's not. It's above human nature. Yeah. So what exactly. Right, so you're saying Elohim is... No, Elohim is the, is the numerical value of the word Hateva, the nature. That's, that's for those that are saying, no, nature is this nature, nothing to do with God. You say, no, 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 God is the one that... Created nature. The way that humans understand nature, the way that humans under, relate to nature. But in the parshas that we're in right now, it's exactly it shows us b'zamamash lokacha, right? Now listen, I mean, we have this precious little piece of godliness that just came into the world a few days ago. That's in the room, and and Bina was Bina had her first. She you know Bina's a, a doula. She had her first. It was a very interesting Shabbos. Yeah. She had her first birth that she did with, with her first uh, tzedekis. This A baby came into the world Friday night, right? Is that nature? It's like the easiest... I mean, again, I know I feel like an idiot talking to women, talking about these things, but, but, right. but I'm saying, is that, is, that, is that nature? As far as we know. But even when you're in the midst of the most natural thing in the world, anyone knows that you're tapping into the most beyond this world moment. So, I mean, if you think of it from the beginning. Nachon. Right? It's one cell that also becomes... But again, I could nature it, meaning I could just go to that place of saying, I believe in the God that set a certain rule, uh, set of laws and rules. This is how it happens. What he's trying to say here is that that person that's just set up with the way that it is, he... That he, I, you realize I'm not saying she, because she won't fall into this, but he will not be a person that can really say, and I was lived a life anticipating the Geula. Because what's the Geula? What's the Yeshua? It's beyond nature. 
So look how he says here, that this is very important. The mitzvah of anticipating the geula is rooted in the words, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, but the hagdara, meaning the definition of what that means, is right, right, right later in that pasuk. The God, this nature that took you out of Egypt, Klomar. It's not just that God is God, nature is nature. But he's, he takes care of Ohev, Metapel, Mashgiach, Manhig, It's a God that loves, nurtures, takes care, watches over, does kindness to his people, keeps his promises. Zot anu lemedim, All you need to do in order to answer the question, Sipita Yeshua, is learn our parshiot. Really, really in depth. The situation we were in in Egypt was awful, beyond awful. You know, I had, to, <clears throat> I had a taste of tasting how, how awful it was. One of the questions that we had here in this beautiful parent-child learning that we have now, we have Motzei Shabbos, but we also have right after davening down here in this room, this beautiful parent-child learning that I think it's, I, I think it's Stephen Eagle that prepares these sheets with, a, with some learning and a few questions that you ask, you ask your children. It's maybe like 15, 15 minutes of learning, they get a good story, some good nash, and it's, just, it's, it's, it's a nice ending to a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos morning. One of the questions that he asked this week was, why is it that the, that the first plague started by the river? Right? So what do you tell your five year, and six-year-old when they, when they ask you that question? And, yeah, and, you, and you start to explain to them, well, do you remember what happened to the babies that were born? Right? And they don't really, I mean, and then it's not just, not just that they don't really realize how, how they, they took babies that were alive and threw them into water. As I was saying it over to them, I saw their eyes, and then I thought about myself, like, okay, and, and what is this doing to you? And then I was like, oh, but, but, but this Shabbos, we're leaving that. Yitziat Mitzrayim. So it was a moment of tasting how bitter the, uh, the Choshech of Mitzrayim was when I just looked at a question on a, on a paper saying, why did the Makot Davka start by the water? Because that is where the depth of Galut and the Choshech of Mitzrayim took place. The Jewish babies were being, were being thrown into the water. So Davka from there, Laku Alayam, yeah. Say that, that out of that terrible blackness came the Moshiach. Like he was on, he was taken in, in on that war. The war. Nahon, nahon. So it's not like a hafuch halachuk. You say it in different ways. Nahon. Yeah. Well, that's one of my kids that said that. Because uh, you can say Moshe was right. Floating on that. I mean, my younger daughter said, "Ah, oh, but Moshe Rabbeinu was also put into the water, but he was protected by Hashem." Well, that's why Hashem asked Aaron to. to I read in Midrash that that's why Hashem asked Aaron to make blood into water because um, Moshe had benefited from, from the water. The water. So yeah, came up at the beginning that the first three that Moshe had benefited from, so they he asked Aaron to interesting pull the matzah. Interesting, interesting. Okay, but Mitzrayim a It was so awful in Egypt. Especially the last 86 years. Remember, Miriam was 86 years old during, the, during this, when this happened. She was six years old when Moshe Rabbeinu was born. And Moshe was 80 over here, and Aaron was 83. So the last 86 years from the time that Miriam was born was so bitter. That's why it's called She's called Miriam over the bitterness of the Tkufa they were living in. If you had given up hope, meaning, made sense. We all know that when the Geula began and God said this is going to start happening, things started getting worse in the beginning of the Geula. And then the work, the slave labor that we were then uh, had to take on was became much more intense. Right? Then we left Egypt, they kept on running after us. They're closing in on us while we're by the sea. A long, long journey of pain and affliction. 
ובתוך כל זה, and in the midst of all this, אנו מצפים לישועה ויודעים שהשם לא עזב אותנו. In the midst of all this, we're still anticipating the Geula and know that Hashem didn't leave us. הציפייה לישועה היא להאמין שהשם תמיד נמצא איתנו. How do you anticipate the Geula? Anticipating the Geula is not, I believe that one day something will change. Rather, it's, I believe right now that Hashem is with me. So it takes the, it, it changes the focus of this question. Usually, did you believe the whole time that one day something's going to change? He's saying, that's not, that's not the answer, is, do you believe that while you're in the midst of confusion, that right now Hashem is still with you? And for whatever Hashem's cheshbon is, that's Hashem's cheshbon. That changes the focus of this question. שהשם תמיד נמצא איתנו, עוזר לנו ומנהיג אותנו. זה חלק מהאמונה בהשם דווקא כשאין רואים כלום. אמונה אין גאד really is when I don't see any reason to believe in him. בעוד שכאשר יש ניסים גלויים, אין זו מעלה גדולה להתמלא אמונה. כל המעלה היא בעת קשה של הסתר פנים. במעלה יש דווקא at moments of concealment, that you're basically not saying, God, where are you, asking for closeness, but you're basically saying, God, where are you, you may have checked out of the building. The way that he's understanding it is that answering that question is going to be not based on what were you waiting for to happen that didn't happen yet, but rather, while you had every reason to check out, were you still under the clear and, and like strong consciousness that right now, right now you're surrounded by godliness. כל המעלה היא בעת קשה של הסתר פנים שכביכול הריבונו שלנו אינו נמצא. בוודאי שהוא נמצא ועומד אחר כותלנו. For sure he's here, he's right on the other side of the wall. משגיח מן החלונות, מציץ מן החרקים. That's how שלמה המלך says it so beautifully in שיר השירים. I love these words. משגיח מן החלונות. Speaking through the windows, מציץ מן החרקים. He's, he's, uh, he's peeking through the holes. When he's peeking through the window, you can still see him a little bit. But when it's really through the cracks that Hashem is also looking at us, you can barely see it. But nonetheless, Even in these situations, we still continue to believe that Hashem is doing a geula for His people, but how? How could you say this? The matzav continues to midarder midechi yildechi. The situation continues to... Listen, I don't need to bring... I mean, there are enough reasons I could bring up right now for us to start questioning. Lo tzarich. There's plenty, there always is, and there seems to be always more. Ela akol shayach l'seder ha-hanaga ha-elokit but really, everything is basically part of this godly order of leadership, of running the world, that always contracts light out of darkness, that, sorry, extracts light out of darkness, good from bad, sweet from bitterness. <coughs> and whoever doesn't, it can't see this, you can't really understand what takes place at moments of salvation. Zatomeret, if you can't taste the bitterness, if you can't taste sweetness coming out of bitterness, light coming out of darkness, then when the real, real good things happen, you also won't feel it so much. Bishiva Shalmala, Bashamaim, Ben Shar Yeshivot, Yesh Yeshivat Hamashiach. Okay, there are a bunch of Yeshivas up there in heaven. Yeshiva Shalmala. There's a yeshiva. You ever hear this? <laughs> I never heard this before. Then there's all these different yeshivas up there in Shemaim. There's also a yeshiva called Yeshivas Mashiach. They probably daven nesach sfarad. Tehillas Hashem. 
לא כל אחד מתקבל אליה, not every person gets accepted to Yeshivas Mashiach. Yeshivas Mashiach, it's crazy. יש תנאי, there's a condition to be accepted to Yeshivat Mashiach. רק אדם היודע להפוך חושך לאור ומר למתוק. וזוהר says this. To be accepted in the academy of Mashiach is only someone who knows how to flip over from bitterness to sweetness, from darkness to light. That is the prerequisite. That's the Bechina. You know, there's a, there's a word called the Faher. You know what that means? To Faher you? It's a, it's a Yiddish word you. to test you. That's what the Mena usually does before he accepts boys to Yeshiva. That's what, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a Faher. Yeah. That means like a, like one time I, I, I was under the assumption, I feel like many people that Matisiel was Mashiach. Long time ago, right? <laughs> Because, I mean, the, thinking, there, there were never, never, there was never such light in such dark places like he was doing in the beginning. It really was like this. People talking about Mashiach, like the way he was, it was right? So when I, when I told this to one of my uh, straighter friends, he said, what are you, are you crazy? And I said, what, what do you mean? He's like, look, he's, this is like, one time I was, I, was, I was a little bit excited. I even asked him, like, how did, you know, I was spending some time with him, and I even asked him, like, I didn't ask him, do you think you're Mashiach, but I said to him something like, what does it feel like to, like, like, to be the biggest shliach in the world? Right? Wasn't the smartest thing. A few weeks later, things started going, you know, <laughs> changing direction. But my friend said to me, he's like, what are you talking about? You know, Mashiach's going to be fahered by every gadol that, every li- that ever lived. I mean, he'll be tested about, you know, the Torah and everything, like, from every gadol that ever, ever existed. So what's the faher? What's the test to get into Yeshiva's Mashiach? And we should all live to 120. The faher was, did you believe that your purpose of being in this world was to come to the emuna that Hashem believes in you to look at darkness and change it into light? Did you live a life of believing that when you found bitterness, you came in contact with bitterness and with things that sting, that your tafkid, that your ability... And the emunah that Hashem had in you was to flip it over. So it seems that what he's saying here is that to answer the question, Sipita li Yeshua, to get into Yeshiva's Mashiach, I don't want to wait to figure out what I feel after 120. It's that today, I want to know, can I answer that question or not? And how do I answer that question today? Do I believe that when I come in contact with such darkness, that the reason I come in contact with it is because I have it in me to flip it over to light? Do I have that or not? This is Mamish Rav Kook 101. Like, you obviously see where he's getting his Torah from. He's going to quote Rav Kook in a minute. Is that like when the Torah Hashem only gives troubles or challenges to those who can handle it? So it's interesting. Someone, asked, someone said that in Shir about a month ago. And then I, I asked for the Makor for that. Because I know we've been told that, right? An amazing thing, Chavar that learned with us online, a few different people sent me like tons of mikoros of, not those words, but how we came to saying those words based on Gemaras and Rambams. And so yeah, so, yeah. So again, it's like, it's not necessarily, a, you know, you suffered the most gruesome death of someone because God must believe that you could, you, you know, if you didn't have the ability to get through it, God wouldn't have, you can't, it's not, that's not normal to say such words, but... Here we're saying, you know, God only puts you through, he, he exposes you to such darkness sometimes only because there's a shaykhaz to you for you to be able to flip it over. That's more the unline of what we're saying over here. Mi she'eno baki, we're about 10 lines from the bottom. Mi she'eno baki b'melacha zo. Whoever doesn't have bakiyas, that means like, how um, do you say bakiyut? Proficiency, thank you. Proficiency, right, in this melacha of coming in contact with Mitzrayim and flipping it over. You're not so shayach to Mashiach times. It's like Mashiach's going to come, you're like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like the geula will start to come and you'll be like, I don't really understand what's going on. And we're already in that shlav anyway. And that you have a lot of people that are like, I'm not really sure what's flying over here right now. But then you have those that have invested their whole kishkas into believing that Hashem believes in them to flip over darkness into light. And they're living the ge'ud. They're living a ge'ula. They're living it. 
they're, they're very much aware and in tune of what's going on in the world and what's going on bifrat here in Eretz Yisrael. A person that doesn't have bekiyas, who alulit atzbenulit yaesh. Yehush, despair, will come very fast. Or a person will say, Azavoti, let me be a shachar, smenchamarev Jew, Azavoti, let me just get, you know, do my daily obligations, my checklist, and I'm fine. But really, they're closing their eyes because they're really in pain from not feeling like they're part of the time and they're embarrassed because they don't feel like they're part of the times that are happening. Or you come to the conclusion when you look around here and you don't understand that it's, your job is to change the, the darkness into light. Yitpaker means you bring kfir into your life. And you say, Azav Elokim et Haaretz. I do believe in God. I believe in the God of nature. And the nature is that God has left the world, but I still believe in God. Gam kshadvarim nirim tkuim beemetem mitkadmim. That even when things seem stuck, they actually are moving forward. Ach hadavarit barer meuchar yoter. But things happen a little bit later. There's a klal for people that go to Uman. They know this. Those that go with a big baggage and they go to Uman and they let it out there, things don't happen in Uman. Like the meaning, they get planted there maybe, but it's not what, what you daven for, what you cry over, it's nothing, you don't, you're not by the tzion and, oh my God, and then I saw all the light that I done. Anyone that says that is, you have to be careful. It's usually stuff that happens later on. Usually the fruit, the perot, of such a shvichat alev, of the pouring of your heart, the crying of your heart, by, by most people that I know, including myself, it's stuff that happens much later on, regarding all the real things in life. They may seem stuck, but when, when the outcrying is taking place, things happen later. It becomes clearer later. So Rabbi Binayim says, This is the mitzvah of anticipating the, the, the redemption. Mitzvah habnuya al chokhmah gdola shel emuna ma'amika. He says this is a mitzvah that's built upon a great wisdom of deep, deep emuna. Chokhmah kechol chokhmah shetzricha limud. Like any other type, you want to become an archaeologist. My friend Rocky just became an official archaeologist, right? You have to spend time, learn, learn and learn and learn about archaeology. Emuna and being a Baal Emuna, a Metzapeli Yeshua, is not I either have it or I don't have it. The question is, did you invest so much time learning the Torah of Emuna? Now, learning the Torah of Emuna is not something that was done for thousands of years. Now, Baruch Hashem, things have changed. Letova. In the Chino, in, in, the, you know, in our schools, in the shuls, I think it has changed very much to Torah that teachers are actually speaking about learning emunah, Rabbeim are speaking about this. Not enough, but, but we're getting there. Because this chokhmah to be a yid that can answer that question, Sipita li Yishua, it's not like, it's not this question of, yeah, I was one of those or I wasn't one of those. It was, this is how I took my time, I invested in it. It's a chokhmah, it's a chokhmah muka to become a person that actually really, really, really is a mitzapeh li Yishua. It's not yes or no. It's a life. It's a whole world. That's what he's saying over here. And here he brings Rav Kook. He brings the light down. Well, and, you know, Rav Kook's, we had a few shurim on Rav Kook's Siddur. Now just the Akdama Rav Kook's Siddur. Olat Reya. So Rav Kook on his parish on his Siddur, let's go to the words that we're talking about. What does Rav Kook have to say about these words? Ki lishuatcha kivinu kol hayom umetzapim lishuah. Mazbir. Shatzipiyah lishuah kolel et shnei inyanim. Anticipating the redemption, it, can, it includes amongst it two different matters. Achat tzipiyah machshavtit emunit. This is a hard word. Histaklutit. Honestly, these are the words that turn most people off of trying to understand Rav Kook. <laughs> okay, so let's just try to bring it down to our level, right? What does it mean? It's, what's a tzipiyah machshavtit? <coughs> what's machshava? What's emunit? 
What's histaklut? Outlook. Thought, faith, and outlook. A tzipia in my thinking, a tzipia within my faith, and a tzipia, an anticipation, in my general sense of how I look at the world. The deepest. Gam kasher einenu mavchinim be'emuna. Even when we don't see a thing, we continue to believe. Anu mamshichim la'amin. Pruta li pruta, penny to penny, mitzterefet lechishbon aroch shel Yeshuat Hashem bevoata, bevoita. Penny to penny, these small moments add up having a nice pushka, having a nice account of a, of a believer. So that's one thing. That's like a more of an outlook, outlook in my life, yes. I mean, a lot of these shirim have helped me Yeah. Like yeah. Understanding and conceptualizing the paradox, but like on a intellectual level. Right. And this is the action of the paradox. Not yet. He, the the well, next no, thing the is first, the action. The, the first one is knowing, like understanding that the world is a paradox, knowing that there's like in your heart and the das and the chachma. And the chachma. Is the action of it. That's bet, which we're up to right, right now. But aleph is not action. Aleph is no, outlook. Just knowing yes. The yes. Yes. But so. A hundred percent. Now, bet, this is now, like you said, ha-tzipiyah ha-ma'asit, ha-yotzeret, p'kichat ayin tadirit lema shekore, v'nitzul kol hizdanot v'chol efsharut, k'day l'kadem et ha-yishua. In other words, shlichus. The way that I can answer tzipita l'yishua was based on, did I take, did I, did I take advantage of every opportunity befoal, befoal, like the Rebbe was the, was the greatest, greatest implementer of this Ruach in Am Yisrael. The Rebbe was the greatest ever, Mamish, since Moshe Rabbeinu probably, to infuse into people the notion that it could very well be that you taking on one more mitzvah befoal, you bringing one more light, you putting tefillin on one more person, you giving Shabbos candles to one more woman can transform a mitziut of darkness into light. I, I, I'm mamish in all this chavra. Sometimes I'm like on planes and I see the chutzpah of these 15-year-old kids walking up and down the aisles with tefillin bags. Right? It's like you could be disgusted of it or insulted like when they, they, twice they asked me if I put on tefillin today. That's a little, you know, that's a little odd. I wanted to ask, so I answered, one time I said to them, you know, in a very Lubavitch accent, like who's your mashpia? If you're coming up to Pumla looks like me and asking if you put on tefillin, Right, but may that be the worst of the you know? I mean, we don't I mean. Much more I have a friend. I think I told you this. It was. It may have been that flight. I don't remember. A very yeshivish guy that has a kavua flight that he takes where he cheshbaned out already zmanim and he doesn't have to daven on the plane because of the zmanim of the flight. He figured it out already. But the weirdest thing was this guy I grew up with in, in L.A. Now he lives in Yerushalayim. And I bumped into, I saw him the first time, and then I noticed him on many other flights, on the United flight from Newark. I said to him, um, the United flight to Newark, he, I didn't even recognize him, because he was wearing like uh, sweatpants, uh, a, a hoodie, and just like, this guy wears black hat, black and white all, uh, every day. I said to him, what's going on with you? Are you off? He's like, the Lubabs get every time I'm on a plane, they're always coming up to me and asking me if I put on tefillin or waking me up for, for a minyanim. And I already cheshbaned out already that I, I'm good. So I just have to go undercover so I, don't, so I could just sleep. <laughs> but you see, on a, on a level of, you know, these, it's, and we could laugh at it, but it's like on a level of ma'asi, of ma'asi, of actual, right? But, but he should have then let himself be woken up to be part of the minyan. Why? No, their reason is because they're worried that he wasn't, not because they need Right, him. right, right, right. They don't need someone in the middle. No, no, they're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that, if that was the case, I'm sure he was. Guys, that's sadik. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, we see this also with the more, with, with the Mitnachlim Chevra. When you go out and you start a mach and you start one of these settlements on a desolate land, right? Or places that haven't had, you know, whatever it is, to them and to us, being able to meyashev Eretz Yisrael when it's desolate, after it's being desolate, is taking something in the status of choshech and in a ma'asi way, putting, m- m- making it into light. 
But we can give example after example. The question is, did you take advantage of all the moments you had in this world to flip over darkness into light? That is how he's saying, is also an approach of how, you have, how we can answer the question, Tzipita Lishua. Tzipita Lishua isn't where you're sitting there your whole life for 80, 90 years, and at every moment, if someone would ask you, do you believe it could happen? You said, 100%, Mashiach could come. They're saying, in Shemaim, you're not getting into Yeshiva's Mashiach. That's what he's saying. Yeshiva's Mashiach is, did you spend your life taking advantage, as to the best of your ability, to take mitziyut, to take realities of darkness and flip them into light? He's saying, that is the question, that's the answer to the question, Tzipita Li Shua. Yeah. So I think in a very simplistic way that hopefully is related, relatable to most of us, like as parents, hope, you know, that's what we're doing all the time with our kids, that we're going through dark moments and we have the belief, the Muna, that we're going to flip it over to light. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Can you, Ratzon? And if um, Hashem didn't believe that you could, He wouldn't give you these kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sikui. So what about... We, sorry, one second. We could look at that also with like... All the gifts we have in our life, really, like, you know, that, that seem to be like, I don't understand, I got this, and it's like, this opposing foot, if my whole outlook, like now I'm going to go Aleph and Bet, if my outlook, in terms of what's around me, becomes an Emuni outlook, like a Yitzipita Lishua type of Istaklut, outlook on the world, I have an easier time doing Bet, than going into the action world and saying, that, then this must mean that this opportunity is to change it into the world. But parents that don't live with the constant consciousness that these gifts called children came from the Ribbono Shalaylam all the time, even, even if it's hard. When they, you know, at this age, it's very, 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 very easy, right? But at, the, at, at 16, it's not, right? <laughs> or at 8, it's not. Even at 2, it's not, right? But that's what it is. The, the, the Aleph, the Yistaklut, the it's like... Everything, right? And then bet is like that. Okay, so if I remember that all the time, my action is, is aligned with my outlook. And then I'm living a life of tzipita lishua. Yeah. Suppose it's done begrudgingly. What's done begrudgingly? These thoughts and actions. You see a yid who's upset at a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Okay, and then you can go around the table and you know everybody here who's probably got one like that at home or they are themselves, okay? For a really good reason. Hashem takes somebody away mm-hmm. and you're left in a void and you're avoiding the void, mm-hmm. if you will, trying to step away from it, but it's like always threatening. So you're begrudgingly doing this stuff because <coughs> that's what's written on someone's tombstone, by the way. What do you mean? Okay. But how does their ptira contradict that statement? So tell me. No, no, I'm asking how does it... <laughs> easy, easy Sunday morning talk. <laughs> how, Can you translate the statement? Um, anticipated the gu'ula and worked for it. Wait, 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 that's the deceased. That's the deceased. Okay. People who are but left behind. But I'm. But first, but let's go shlav by shlav. The, the about the deceased. There's no stira between that and the mitziyot of what happened to their physical body. Okay. Let me ask you a question. The Bavitcher Rebbe was tzipali shua upalemana. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein tzipali shua upalemana. Anticipating the geula to come and doing whatever you can for it doesn't. It is the fixing of the whole world. It has nothing to do with this temporary thing called death. Right, but the people left behind. Right. I'm sure there were plenty of people left behind after the Rebbe passed, and I was expecting other people were expecting some sort of a revolution, and nobody knew what Lubavitch was going to look like. Uh huh. It didn't happen, which is amazing. Right. People. I think that's the greatest testament of Chaban. So people who have been left behind, uh-huh. they're doing it reluctantly and begrudgingly. Is right. that detracting from it? I, I'm not going to judge the person's level of, of how they act based on their own tests in life. I, can just look, I, I can't look at anyone else and determine... I can, I, this is for me. Like This teaching right. is how I relate to right. it. In other words, a person's nisayon... <laughs> 
she, I, I have to daven for them. I could, I will never tell someone that. I think the type of person you're describing, you know, you don't really, you don't, you're not really anticipating the geula. <laughs> Shouldn't ever tell that to anybody, by the way. Yeah, it's it's just like continuing to do it. They could just walk so away from I think her shaila is: if you're doing it begrudgingly, does it consider? Is it considered that, you, that that you're falling under the category? Maybe it's not begrudging, meaning there's sadness. It doesn't negate doing stuff. And at one point, it may turn into not begrudgingly. Right? Sometimes you have to go through with the motions. And then something Sometimes clicks, you connect yeah. it. Yeah, event, like eventually. But if I would stop that person at the beginning of the begrudgingly and say, like, you know what, you really, uh, you shouldn't do, you shouldn't do it this way. Yeah. I killed, I killed their, yeah, I killed their chance. I killed their chance. Yeah, no, I'm saying, it's just 100%. Did you want to say something? No, I'm just feeling that, like, the thought behind the red being I'll give you. I'll give you a harder question on how the Rebbe could have. How could it be the Rebbe passed away physically, right? Moshe, how could it be the Moshe Rabbeinu died? How could it? Be, how could it be that he died? How could it be he didn't come into Eretz Yisrael? Meaning all these things, all these things that are more in the Teva godliness, right? That's the Teva God that I that I worship. That's the that's the shadow. Do I worship God like an Avodah Zara, like Teva, or do I really serve Hashem, which is not being stuck to how things need to be, according to my understanding of it. Well, I can't say fully yes, because there's a shtickle danger. <laughs> not a shtickle danger, there's a big danger. For the real, real, real Bali Amuna that have conquered everything, they could go into the depth of the Kuzari. But for Hever that are in the in-between, it's... it's there's plenty of other farm that we have to first, uh, yeah, we have to first get into. Okay, um, let's let's finish this. Bezrat Hashem. Hadvarim kshurim Aleph and Beth, the both sides, the outlook and the action of a of a of a geula lives is, are, are connected to each other. Kimi, when the fourth line, Kimi she'eno ma'amin she'ribono she'olam lokech tadvarim bayadaim mekadem otam. Whoever doesn't believe that God is in control, he's taking things into his hand and he's advancing them. A person like this won't work hard on actually doing things either. A person doesn't work hard on something that seems pointless. God has on us. If God is in the act of building, there's nothing we do that's in vain. Let's start developing the chokhmah of this Yeshua. Is God building a house or not? If God is building a house, we will work on it as well. That's why the first piece of this question of Tzipita Li Yeshua is actually the basis and the foundation for the second part. From an outlook of seeing God's hand through everything, from that outlook, my little avoda, whatever it is, even crumbs, even doing things that are like crumbs, is helping to the building of the house. If God's not in the midst of building a house, and this whole fluke called 1948 is just was a was a tease, why, why, why should I put any investment into any crumb? Will a crumb bring Yeshua? And the Rebbe basically said yes. All I can think mm-hmm. of this kola, kola um, from Hanukkah, right? Yeah, yeah. Perur, perurim, orot ktanim. 
אלא שאת הישועה עושה ריבונו של עולם. But the actual gmar, the, the ending, the Chanukas Abayis, השם דס דת. יש לפקוח עיניים ולראות שלאותה ישועה גדולה, אני מצרף פירור משלי. God open our eyes and see to that great big picture of the salvation I contribute my own crumb. שמתוך כך גם הוא משתלב במהלך הגדול של ריבון העולמים. My crumb isn't a cute thing that Hashem is saying, oh, that's so sweet, let me make you feel special. It's almost like, no, he's saying, your, your crumb, your crumb was really needed. Your crumb was really needed. And here we end. This is what a person has asked on the judgment day. Were you anticipating the salvation? הן במובן האמוני של ראיית פעולת השם קורא הדורות מראש, both on an אמונה aspect of seeing the hand of השם in every generation, but also והן במובן המעשי, but also in action של הפעולות הממשיות למען קידום מטרה. On an action level, those that were sent based on a specific point, a מטרה, a purpose, מתוך ענווה גדולה, <laughs> you need so much ענווה. And the, no, and the notion that sometimes it could take a long, long time. It's a tremendous level to be someone that anticipates salvation. To believe that also in darkness there's light and that action is needed. Which is probably the... <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> no kvetching. What? Really? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> See? <laughs> you know what rokem means? To embroider. To embroider. Weaving. Weaving the light of Mashiach. צריך ציפייה לישועה אמונה גדולה, ויחד עם זאת יש לפעול גדולות וקטנות ללא לאות בכל מצב. Big things, small things, whatever it is, it's all מצטרף to the חשבון of living a, a, a life which will, we all believe, will produce the outcome of הגיע הזמן גאולתכם. I just pray that none of us are shocked when it actually happens. That none of us are shocked, none of us feel uh, weird, none of us feel unprepared or unsettled. Unsettled, like unsettled. That's the whole thing. There shouldn't be unfeeling. It should be like, you know, like the bag that a woman has before she goes to the hospital, you know, or at home birth, whatever it is, right? The bechina of, this is, what, this is going to happen, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to the, great, to the extent that I'm ready, to the extent that I could be ready for such a thing. But Be'ezrat Hashem, I, I give us a bracha, a strong, strong bracha, that the crumbs should mamish matter, like really matter, and that you should all feel that you'd be accepted into the Yeshivas Mashiach. Have a beautiful week. <laughs>